G'day gang, welcome back to the BNF podcast. Today, just me again. Uh, today, we're going to be talking mainly about cricket. We've had all we've had some incredible things happen recently in the cricketing world, and there's some really good things to look forward to, especially for somebody like me whose entire life just revolves around cricket. It's going to be something really to look forward to this summer, and I can't wait to just launch into it. But today, uh, before we start, I got to thank you for listening. Um, I haven't uploaded in a while, which is my fault, but. Uh, thank you for listening this far. You're about thirty seconds in, which is a pretty good effort. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening this far. Um, we'll just get straight into it with the World Cup. Um, obviously, Australia winning what after two games in you might have thought was an unwinnable World Cup, but um, we somehow did it. But it was, the way we won really just ah. Uh, the way Australia won just kind of encapsulated the way I think Australians play sport and Australians just go about it. We were, you would have thought we were down and out after our first two games, obviously getting beaten by two of the better teams in the competition. But realistically, it's just you as a fan watching those games, seeing some of the remarkable things Australian cricket has done, you look in it and you're very disappointed because you know that this group of players has the potential to do incredible things and they're just playing it, kind of playing it half-heartedly and it's not really, didn't really seem like it was being played in the Australian way that we have become so accustomed to watching this team and watching all our Australian teams. Then Sri Lanka, we beat Sri Lanka, then that kind of just kick-started our winning run, obviously. Uh, beating Pakistan, beating the, smashing the Netherlands, uh, beating New Zealand, which was a really good win. There are times during the start of the season where, um, from my opinion, I thought uh, New Zealand were uh, the best team in the competition, but obviously they weren't in the end. Uh, but I thought that was a really good win. Uh, then we had England, who... I'll talk about England more later, but it's a really disappointing World Cup for them, but still beat them. Um, Afghanistan, it's a bit of a tricky situation. Another really good thing about this World Cup is the amount of... The teams that five years ago would mightn't have even been playing in the World Cup uh, are now winning games at World Cups, such as Afghanistan won four games, Bangladesh won two, Netherlands, who very new to the cricketing world. Uh, I really enjoy watching the Netherlands play. I think the way they go about it, it's just fun. Uh, but they they also had two wins, which is very... For a team like the Netherlands, who are definitely not... who have barely played any cricket in their history, are a very... It's a very... It's a very nice thing to know that cricket is now such a globally appreciated sport where teams like the Netherlands are coming and getting wins and yeah it's just something that I really value as a cricket fan um but obviously the biggest thing that I in my opinion throughout the World Cup that I from Australia's point of view that I valued the most was the intensity in the field we were always on our toes we always we we always just just that just sets the tone especially David Warner in like the in the first ten overs of the semi final fielding at cover, really just set the tone for not just the not just that innings, not just that game, just pretty much the whole 
uh, just the whole, our whole, it's not really run, but that a whole, the two finals that we played, it really just encapsulated what we were about and how Australia should play their sport and how they have been playing their sport. And I just think that's just what we're meant to be about. And um, so that was something that from a Australian fans perspective was really good. And then obviously moving on to the actual final, uh, what more can you ask? It was just incredible. Uh, obviously, the the other set the tone again. Um, the was the fielding in the first ten overs, just incredible. I just re- massive hats off. Uh, people say it all the time, but the difference between good cricketers and elite cricketers is the fielding, and the difference between getting a bad result and a good result can often be the fielding so it just sets the tone and it's something that I think it's just always not overlooked everyone speaks about it but when you speak when you're speaking about it you don't actually understand how important it actually is because it's probably the most important part of cricket the fielding and always being on your toes being excited not letting any loose runs through obviously in that final though you can't go past the standouts. Obviously, Travis Head having probably a, one of the career best games and something that's really... He's just kind of... Last few years, ever since the Ashes series in 2021, he's just announced himself as one of the best all-format players. Now, to his name, he's also got a uh, Test World Cup century and win, and now he's got an ODI World Cup century. And... He's another one who also set the tone in the field. He was incredible. He obviously took that catcher to Smith Rowett Sharma, who holds. Everyone knows how pivotal the role Rowett Sharma plays in that Indian side. Um, without Travis Head, doesn't take that catch. I believe. I reckon this world, the World Cup result, might have looked very different. He because Rowett Sharma's a Rowett Sharma's a player who can. He can just t- 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 turn the game on its head whenever needed. And, uh, yeah, Travis Head obviously dismissing him with what was probably the most pivotal catch of the entire World Cup uh, was a real tone setter for me. But the other thing that I really enjoyed was the way Australia pulled back momentum. There was a lot of... Sw- they had a lot of starts, that Indian team. Rohit Sharma making 47. Uh, before he got out, he was hitting the ball so purely. It was incredible. Um, then Virat Kohli arguably had one of the best World Cups he's ever played uh, with 54 or 63. He was batting very well as well, dragging Kao Rahul along, who made a little 66 himself. But apart from that, there was nothing really to co- to talk about in terms of the Indian batting innings. They, I think Australia were... The way they bowled was pretty impeccable. I haven't seen much... I haven't... For a long time, I haven't seen Australia bowl the way they bowled. Looked as dedicated as they did in the field, as they did in those last two games. So that's something, from Australians' perspective, I'm really proud of and happy to see. Um, in the Australian batting innings, though, obviously Travis Head just brought it home for us. Him and Minus Labuschagne, uh, I believe they had a 198 run partnership, I think, um, which is just. The I've already spoken about Travis Head, but the capacity for him to be able to do that is just 
especially coming back late with a, I think he had a hand injury. The capacity for him to be just be able to come in and have a few games under his belt and then just win the World Cup like that is something that not many people can do. And he's just, and I, I heard around that he definitely enjoyed it. He was pretty happy that he, he's pretty happy and so he should have been. He, I think he stayed in India for a fair bit longer than he should have, but good on him, I reckon. He won the World Cup for us, so he should have enjoyed it. But um, the way he has gone about his cricket for a long period of time now has just been, it's, whenever, if Australia, in, test, in the test matches, uh, if Australia are ever in trouble and you see Travis Head come in, you know you're in pretty safe hands because he's a, Really top quality player and one of the best in the world in all the three formats, in my opinion. But yeah, he's just somebody who you can always trust and have faith in when they're coming out to bat to redirect their innings. Or if, in this case, in the World Cup, him opening the batting, you know that if Travis Head gets off to a good start, you're going to have a very good day out. But um, yeah, not much to say there in terms of the cricket. Um, it was just an incredible World Cup. One of the. It was, Oh, I haven't even spoken about Glenn Maxwell making a double hundred. A bit late now, probably missed the time to speak about that. But um, he obviously was just... <laughs> that innings is something... I don't know anybody in the world who could do that. Cramping, having back spasms, just sitting there on the... Like, not many people can perform the way he did or in the, in the heat of that... In the heat of the moment, playing to... Uh, solidify your spot in the World Cup finals all eyes on you uh, the way you came out he really is the big show just absolutely dominated and come it's just tough and gritty and really something that I'm really um I, I, I say proud but Glenn Maxwell couldn't care if I'm proud or not um just something that really encapsulates the way that I think Australians like to see their cricket played. It's it was not and yeah, just not many people can do something as incredible as what he did. The way he went out there, hat trick ball, almost got out, got dropped a few times. Bit, bit lucky, but you create your own luck, and then couldn't move his feet, and he was still pelting them everywhere with shots that nobody else in the world could play. So that's Something else is absolutely mind-boggling that has come out of that World Cup. But um, yeah, that's probably about it for the World Cup wrap. Um, such an incredible tournament. Uh, I believe the T Twenty World Cups in just I think nearly a hundred days now, which is which is, I feel like they're just rolling on now. Have goes pretty quick, but um, that should be good too. Um, I would comment on the series in India, but. Uh, that was pretty pointless, I think. I don't know why you have a series right after a World Cup, but obviously India won that one four one. But we'll just move straight on to the Big Bash starting tomorrow night. Uh, we have the we'll have the Brisbane Heat playing the Melbourne Stars down the Gabba. And um, something that I'm that's pretty good in my opinion by these by those players is Minus Labuschagne and Usman Kawaja have said that they're going to play, even though it's only a week out before the first Test match of the summer. But um, I think um the big bash is just I feel like I might be back this year. They've the way the some of the things that they've done in the 
I call it an off season. There's never really an off season in cricket, but in the in the BBL's off season, what they've done has really some of the player moves that they've orchestrated have been very well thought and are going to bring a lot of excitement to a lot of the games. And should now, just people just need to turn up. Um, turn up if people turn up to a big bash game, get big crowds in there, then you never know. Big things might happen. This big bash. The whole thing about the Big Bash being dead, that might be completely eliminated. Maybe it's back, but that's what I hope and that's what I think, but well, only time will tell. Um, it's too early, but uh, my tip to win the Big Bash has probably got to be... I re- really liking the way the Heat are looking. The Heat, um, they made it to the final last year, and if their if they're Test match players play well then they're going to be set up really really well but um yeah but I'm a, I'm a Renegades fan but it, but they've got the best list but they're never really going to win hey that's just kind of symbolic of what they do but um moving on from cricket we, I just I don't want to speak about it too much I don't really want to get hung up on it but the whole Josh, Josh Giddy scenario uh, I love basketball I love Josh Giddy. Um, I've been one of his, I haven't really spoken about that much, but ever since he was drafted, I've, I've been following him quite closely. And it's just a shame that we don't, I don't really know entirely what he's done, but I don't really understand the, I don't understand the scenario, but I assume there's more that they're not revealing. And it's just a bit, it's a bit sad because if, Worst comes to worst, a really promising NBA career has just been absolutely just turned into an absolute shambles, really. And it's yeah, it's just not good. But moving on to some good things about the NBA, um, the it's been I think the in-season tournament's been an absolute a fabulous addition to the uh to the way everything is. Just yeah, just it's been really fat. Just been great. Uh, I like it. I just brings a little bit of extra pizzazz to the way NBA's played because a lot of the times the NBA's is pretty stock standard. You play eighty two games, and obviously it's exciting. It's obviously one of the most exciting sports in the world. But um, no, it's this just brings instead of people in. Instead of people who aren't necessarily diehard zoning out during the uh, regular season games and only really joining in during the playoffs, this just brings it. I feel like this is going to bring it. This has brought everyone a little bit closer to the game, which is obviously a really good thing. But um, yeah, the NBA obviously. <laughs> Victor Wembanyama has just absolutely. Everybody had really high expectations for him, and he's lived up to them, in my opinion. Uh Obviously, Chet Holmgren's having a good season. He's probably leading Rookie of the Year at the moment. But Victor Wembanyama is just—he is eclipsed what I thought he could do. To be honest, I thought we were hyping him up, and he just wasn't going to be as good as everybody thought he was going to be. Obviously, I thought he was going to be solid. You know, still starter, but people comparing him to Kevin Durant and stuff—I thought that was a bit drastic. But he's came in and he's made an instant impact, and he's really established himself as one of the great young players already. Um, and 
Yeah, that's probably all I'm going to have time for today. Thank you for listening to the, this episode of the BNF podcast. It's been great. Uh, now I'm on school holidays. I'll try upload a bit more frequently. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been good. Thanks for listening this far. Uh, just every listen every listen is really helpful. And yeah, thank you very much. So I hope you have a really good day. Hope you have a good day. Hope you have a good week. Uh, and yeah, have a very Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening.